people you'll never find anywhere in the world what you feel with the church tonight. The world doesn't have it. Nothing that compares to what we feel here tonight. Can I get a witness from some people in the church that there's just nothing like the move of God. Nothing like a touch of the Lord Jesus. Amen. You may return to your seats. Seats remain standing for the reading of the word. I am going to preach for a few minutes tonight, but the knowing I are going to tag team preach. Is that all right? It's smart of a preacher like me to hand it off to him. It's like somebody said to the guy that always makes the shot, if you can just give him the ball, it's going to go in. I feel like he brought the home run derby bat tonight. He's going to knock it out of the park in just a few minutes. God's going to use him in a very supernatural, instantaneous way in this room. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, the revival has began. We feel that in this room tonight. Elder Gators, can I, can I get a witness? Is that true? Something started tonight. The Lord's already responded to the fast that we began. It's going to be powerful tonight. It's going to be powerful in the morning. Come on, somebody's going to be set free tonight. Prayers are going to be answered tonight. Somebody shout hallelujah. Praise God. Brother Brady, we're so glad you're here. And with your grandmother, we're so glad you're here. And he's going to be baptized in Jesus' name tonight. We're so glad you've come to support him. Amen. So good to have Maya. Peyton and Rowan's father here tonight. So glad that he's here. Would you welcome him? Scott Yaki, glad you're here tonight. Amen. Sister Southall, we love you. Brother Southall, so glad you all are all the way here from Florida. Amen. And you got to enjoy a 70, 70 degree day, I think, yesterday. And the Lord smiles on people in Ohio. Let's just stop here for a minute and talk about Ohio for a second. First Chronicles chapter 13. Verse 11. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon on Uzzah. Wherefore that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of God that day. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to be afraid of God. He said, how shall I bring the ark of God home to me? So David brought not the ark of home to himself to the city of David, but carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in the house three months. And the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. Or one preacher say, I don't know how true it is, but I'm assuming he was right, that all the ladies in the house began to have six children at a time. And all the women are saying, I don't know how that's a blessing. <laughs> Multiplication happens when the presence of God is apart. I really feel that some of you are on the threshold of the greatest blessing that you've ever received. There ought to be a bunch of you saying, amen, 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 amen. Now, I don't know about you. Somebody, preacher gets up and said, God's getting ready to bless me more than I've ever been blessed. I'd have jumped at that one. Amen. Come on, I told you, I feel like God's going to bless some of you. 
You're at the threshold of answered prayers. Pastor Chrisman, you prophesied to me it would be a year. Uh, he said it would be a year where I would see a fruition in my lands if that's ever been true. It has happened, unfolded decisions I made back then, trusting God with the future, and the Lord has unfolded those things one after another after another. Amen. For some of you, it's not just going to be a year of fruition, but things that you prayed for, you're going to see it come to pass. This is the fast. God has called us to this. Amen. You may be seated. I like to preach simply. The last part of this become has become a four-part series on the Lord has been good to me. Have you enjoyed the series that I brought to you just about some points in my life? It's decisions. Really, the message goes back to a point that about Jacob's leaned upon his staff in his old age and he blessed the next generation blessed his grandchildren and his children it was here that on the staff was the journal of his life what God had done for him he shared with them hadn't always been easy but it was worth it hadn't always been easy but it was the best how many believe that this blessed life is the best life you believe that? Now, over the years, I, I had to make decision points that was totally trusting God, almost as weighty as Simon Peter telling the Lord, if that's you, bid me to come off the ship in the middle of a storm, and stepping off of what he had always known, to step into new territory that he had never been on, and he began to walk on water. And the Lord carried him through that. And so uh, tonight I would like to just tell you how I ended up in Zanesville. Is that okay? And um, I was 19 years old, was sidetracked, and I was in college. And I'm just going to reiterate a few points. And we'll be somewhat redundant here tonight because I told some of this the last time. I got sidetracked with my education, going for civil engineering. I love construction, love the build the engineering structural emphasis of civil what I was doing especially in bridge design and it was during that time I was trying to balance my calling and yet picture myself as an engineer and at 19 I mapped it out how much I was going to make and, and how I was going to have a job what I'd have for my family the type of house those type of things and uh, I seemed to have a plan somewhere that year and somehow I'd taken what God had called me to do and I'd pushed it back I'll preach on the weekends and, you know, uh, that'll be on the side is really how I viewed that, that I would preach on the side, but this would be my life. I'll never forget when Anthony Mangan preached and he made a statement in his preaching. He said, who's going to bear the ark? Because you can, you can call a war without the ark, but you can't win the war without the ark. When I say the ark, I'm talking about the ark of the covenant, about as big as your coffee table. It had two sticks going through it, on, one on each side that helped carry that chest uh, that held that box that held about 45 inches long, 27 inches wide, about 27 inches tall, a thick plated gold lid called the mercy seat, a thick lid of solid gold. On top of it, two angels are 
or cherubims that had their wings like this and their heads pointed down looking at each other. It was a heavy piece of furniture. It was a burden piece of furniture. It was a heavy piece to carry. You have to understand what it represented. You could not, as of the Israelites, go forward without the Ark of the Covenant. You can't conquer Jericho without the Ark of the Covenant. You, 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 you can't go to these things that are going to be in the future without God's presence among you. Come on, you can't win the battle you're in without God's presence. How many believe that? You just can't do it. You must have God's presence if you're going to have victory. Oh yeah, you're going to have to swim the Jordan without the Ark of the Covenant. But if you give me some priests that have the Ark and when they put their feet into the Jordan River, it stops flowing and the impossibilities become possibilities when the Ark of the Covenant is present. Amen. Let me preach to you right now. We don't need just singing. We need anointed singing. We don't need just preaching. We need anointed preaching. We need people that can walk with God in the presence of God because that's where the miracles happen is when the presence of the Lord is there. God's not impressed with our intellect. He's not even impressed with our Oratory, or he's not even impressed with our grammar. I believe we should have better grammar and we should seek for excellence. But you can just give me somebody that's willing to bear the burden of the ark, and I'll show you somebody that might have a butchered grammar, have, have things they don't have clear understanding of everything. But when they get in the presence of God and start preaching, something starts happening, miracles start taking place because it's about his presence in the Amen. I've seen young preachers get their stories mixed up. They get their timelines off and God still moves. You know why? Because they got something with them that is the presence of God. Brother Cody, I was anointed for the first time. Anointed for the first time at age 15. God had already put a burden on me and I was carrying this anointing in my life. I, I remember stepping outside the pulpit one time and I said this a few weeks ago, but I stepped outside the pulpit. That was, that was like stepping off the boat in a storm. I got out and I said, the Lord said. Boy, I felt something come over and started saying things I didn't have plans in my notes. And the Lord moved in that place and people responded to the altar at age 15. You're not too young to carry the ark. And here I was. I was going to postpone and push aside what God had put in my life as a destiny for something I wanted now. Be careful, Esau. To sell your birthright or the purpose of your existence for something you want now. And I really did. I was still preaching. I was still going to church. The truth of the matter, I was backslidden my heart. Had the gift. I was in church. I was, I was reading my Bible to get a message. I wasn't reading my Bible to know God. And uh, started thinking about carnal things instead of spiritual things. I wanted what I wanted and Forgot about what God had wanted and Brother Anthony Mangan preached the message. I was listening to his tape because that was a constant in my life was listening to preaching and you need to be listening to preaching instead of YouTube and all that other stuff all the time. We ought to fall in love with preaching again. Can you say amen? And I was listening to preaching as I would every night and uh, except I was in the office this time and he started preaching. Who's gonna bear the ark? Who's, uh, it was put up on a cart brought back to the children of Israel up on a cart and 
it stumbled and they touched it. It was, it was being pulled by, it was being pulled by an ox. Here it stumbled, the wheels of the cart stumbled and looked like the Ark of the Covenant was gonna tip over and Uzzah reached up and touched it. When he did, he dropped dead. His intentions were pure, but his actions were wrong. You can't just touch the ark. He's not to be pulled or pushed. Come on, that ark represented the presence of God. You can't push God into what you want and you can't pull him into what you want. You gotta follow him and do it his way. Well, I just think God should have done this. I just can't believe he hasn't done this yet. You better be careful to begin to boss God around. There's only one God on the throne and you're not him. Getting angry at God and upset at God because he hasn't done what you want. You've got to understand he's not to be pulled and he's not to be pushed. And the reason the Ark of the Covenant tilted and the Ark, because they had it up on a cart. It was a Philistine design. It was a worldly way of getting the Ark transported. When Uzzah died, here he is laying there dead on the ground. They had to put him in a grave. What are we going to do with the ark until we figure out what we did wrong? We don't know why he died. We don't know why God judged him. What did we do wrong? They didn't know. They didn't know. Because the Bible says in the days of Saul, and God forbid it ever be in our leadership, not one time in the, in the days of Saul did he inquire of the ark of the covenant. You know why? Because he was head and shoulders taller than everybody and he thought he could do it without God. Come on, dads, I'm preaching to you. You need to understand you can't have a good marriage without God. You can't train up your children without God. You can't do this because you're smart. You need God. Come on. God forbid we start our days and not inquire God to be a part of what we're doing. God forbid we go through the month and not seek God for what he wants for the year or the month. And we need him to lead us. Lead not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. Look at your neighbor and say amen. Oh, I'm stirred up tonight. Acknowledge him. He didn't acknowledge him. He didn't acknowledge our Not one time. David, David had good intentions and starts leading it back. And uh, Uzzah dies. He says, stop. Just put it. We got to put it somewhere. Any volunteers to take the Ark of the Covenant? Well, this guy, Obed, you know, I'll take it. Some of you have been like, I ain't dying. Somebody else was like, I want it. Jordan Rivers stopped flowing when it. <laughs> Come on, we've got to get an understanding that if we do right, we're going to get a good result. But we also have a need a fear of God. If we do wrong, we're going to be judged. And all this, all of this petty, watered down Christianity that says you can live any way you want to and still be saved, that's from the pit of hell. That's not from God. Well, the Lord, no, that's not from God. We need somebody that says, I want to follow the ways of the Lord. I want to please him. Well, he'll just have to accept me as I am. He's not. He's going to separate the sheep from the goat. Boy, I'm getting off track right now. If you do well, you'll be accepted. If you do not well, he said the same that rejects me, the same will have one that will judge him. Be seated. How many want to be right with God? 
Quit listening to these TV evangelists making you feel good to get in your pocket. I'm not judging all of them. But the Bible says, know them that labor among you. The Bible says that they will deceive many with the flattering of their tongue. And that in the last days, false prophets will rise up. He told Timothy, preach the word, son. You know why he said preach the word? Because he didn't want him to preach culture. Because culture varies with the evolving of people's nature. God have mercy. Don't you dare get up and preach culture and what's accepted by your generation. You preach the word because it's the word that'll convert. It's the word that will set them free. Thank God for the word. And thank God for a preacher that'll preach the word. My God of mercy, I feel something in this room. God can deliver you from anything if you would just be obedient to his word. Brother Lee, I've never seen more miracles than we're seeing today. I've never seen more conversions and great things happening than we're seeing now. You know why? Because the word that the apostle Paul preached and Simon Peter preached and Jesus spoke is still the word we're preaching. Come on, I'm preaching to people that want to be here on a Sunday night. I know who I'm preaching to. You believe what you believe in. That's why you're here. Assemble yourselves together. Amen. Be seated. I'll take it. Let, let him be at my house. Boy, he blesses his house. He's got more kids running around. Everybody in his house. It didn't just say it blessed him. What it say? It says, and all that he had. Because the, the, the spirit of God brings the blessing of God because it has the law of God in it. Don't you dare want the spirit without the word. You don't want the word without the spirit either. Amen. What are we going to do? Get the elders together. Elders, get your Bibles out. Get your Bibles out. We got to find out. And um, they have a meeting. They had an elders meeting. Get the scrolls out. We've got to talk about something here. We did something wrong. We're missing something. We're missing something. You, you, got, you got to scroll through the law and find how do we get the ark back? My intentions were good. I can picture the king weeping before the priesthood. Oh, I can't believe it. God died because of our ignorance. God forbid we stop preaching the word and a generation dies because they don't know truth. Listen, if somebody comes up and says to you, doctrine doesn't matter, they're not of God. We just need to love. That's a bunch of hogwash. Well, we just need to believe. There's more than believing. Y'all feel what I'm telling you? There's going to be a great falling away still because people are going to heat to themselves people preachers that are tell them what they want to do and how they want to live but it's against God's word and they will be lost and go to hell because they listen to somebody that did not give them truth they give them a piece of truth but man shall not live by bread alone but by every word which proceedeth out of the mouth of God be careful who you let be your preacher and your influencer 
Hey, listen. The key, the key that turns a thousand doors is valuable. But the door that can be turned by a thousand keys has no value. The key that can influence a thousand is valuable. But the person that can be influenced by thousands has no value. The point is, you need to be careful who you let unlock your door. And it ought to be a master key. (laughs) If it's not in the book, you're not talking to me about my future. Come on, I'm not letting some ungodly devil-possessed singer sing into my ear of what they believe. No, 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 no. I'm gonna let the word of God be in my heart, in my mind, and in my spirit. It matters what you watch. Brother Noe, I know you got something in a few minutes, but let me just get here for a moment and preach to you. These people that say, well, you know, they watch anything. They have no value. They'll listen to any music. They have no value. They'll let anybody sing to them. They'll look at any website. They'll do anything. You know what? They have no value. But you give me somebody that walks a straight and narrow and says, you're not speaking in my life. You're not going to sing into my life. I'm not listening to the counsel of the ungodly. I'm not going to sit in the seat of the scornful. But my delight's going to be in the law of the Lord. And in it will I meditate day and night. And I shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I do not believe it takes a village to raise a Christian child. That is an old concept. This says it takes a village to raise a child. That's not biblical. It's quiet because you think I've got an agenda. You need to be careful who you let people speak into their lives. Don't let your kids stay on out anywhere. Just go anywhere. Just go whoever. Just, just somebody call them and say, hey, we're friends. Can, we, can so-and-so stay on out your house? No, 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 no. It's so quiet in here, I need to move on. It matters where your children sleep at night. It matters who's speaking into their life. Everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. You've got to be the influence and influence by God's word. The Bible said, let God be true and every man a liar. That's what it says. So they look in the scripture. I see my chairs turn around, so y'all must have the answer. I'm feeling dangerous right now. What'd you come up with? I know you found it. I saw you point to it. Pull up. Get, get, get the Bible out. I saw you find it. You know where it is. It's chapter 15, verse 1. Chapter 15. Go ahead. And... And David made him houses in the city of David and prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched for it a tent. Then David said, None ought to carry the ark of God but the Levites. For them hath the Lord chosen to carry the ark of God and to minister 
unto him forever. They were trying to drive it on a cart by an ox. If I heard you right, it's not to be rolled in. It's not to be pushed in or pulled in. It's to be carried. We missed it. How in the world did we ever let the Philistines influence us how to worship God? And we wonder why people are backslided and dying because we're trying to worship God through a worldly view. Thank God we got some elders that get in the word and say, you've done it wrong, but here's how we're going to do it. It has to be carried on the, on the shoulders of the body. It has to be carried on the shoulders of the priesthood. It's got to be embraced. The church has got to embrace it. Come on. God's not just going to show up. He has to be carried there. God is intentional. God doesn't just show up. God is praised in. He's carried in. He's wanted in. If you don't want him, he won't show up. But where two or three are gathered together in my name, and people have got a burden. Let me talk about the burden for a minute. It's heavy. It's not easy to carry. Would you lift up that chair, Brother Cody? Are you, are you, can you, Brother Nehemiah? Can you two help him? Help him. And uh, let me get up on my shoulder here. Get, up, get on that side, Brother Noe. Let me get on this side. carry the ark it's heavy but it's made of gold got angels on top of it inside of it is the eternal provision manna would rot in a day but this manna stayed preserved because what he did for my generation he's going to do for the next one and if they'll love the law like I love the law, they're going to see the results like I've seen the results. And they're going to see God like I've seen. Come on, what I'm preaching to you tonight, somebody's got to fall in love with the word again. Thank God for all you Bible quizzers that's taking time to memorize scripture. And here's what I'm preaching as I come to a close and Brother Noah's going to do what he feels. Here's what happens. This is my responsibility. I don't take the gospel who's going to let go a little bit of that brother let me put, put a little more weight on me who's no and that's why people get out of ministry because they don't want to carry the load because it's easier to go to church and feel saved than it is to go to church and want somebody to be saved because I said it this morning, content people have no need to fast and no need to pray. But when somebody's hungry to see somebody converted and delivered and set free, it's hard for them to not fast and it's hard for them to not pray because people that are discontented, they want something to happen and change. <laughs> Sister Lauren, something got in my soul when I heard that message. I said to myself, what am I doing? What am I doing trying to preach some sermonette to some Christianettes? What am I doing just sitting here? I had to close my Bible. I went in there and I repented. I went down to that altar. I got a hold of his presence. Be seated for a moment.
I got a hold of his presence and it was heavy. Oh God. Oh God. I'm sorry God that I was making engineering more important than winning souls. I'm sorry that the only time I've been praying was to preach. I'm sorry that I haven't been seeking your heart. Oh, please forgive me, God, because I know I've got a greater calling than building bridges. Oh, God, I know you got something for me more than just an education. God, there's people going to hell. And if I don't tell them your word, they'll be lost. Forgive me. Forgive me for putting you on the back burner instead of making you the number one in my life. If you'll forgive me, I'll carry the gospel like you called me to when I was 16. God, I don't care how heavy it gets. And I don't care who rejects me. I don't care if I get weary on Sundays. I'll preach three times on Sundays if I have to to get the gospel to Coshocton. I'll go Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursday night if I got to get the gospel down to Cambridge and get the gospel down to Crooksville. Oh, God, I'll weary myself stand up all night from a trip home from a meeting. God, if I have to because there's people going to be lost if I don't get the gospel to them. And God, I'm going to treat this as if it's responsible of me. God, if I don't do it, people will be lost God I'm going to take it on as if it's my responsibility something happened my heart down I decided I'd rather be an okay student than a great student and miss my calling because I'm going to win some people to God if I get three feet from them you can guarantee I'm going to make an opportunity out of it they can shut the door in my face they can make fun of me but eventually I'm going to find somebody that wants it and eventually somebody's going to say you know what I've been praying I've been asking God to send me a preacher I'm telling you right now if you would wake up one day and realize that God has something for you greater than what you're doing than just going to church somebody's got to say I'll take the burden of prayer I'll take the burden of the call I'll take the burden I'll take the burden So I began to pray this prayer. I want all you young people to hear me. I began to pray this prayer from that night forward. I'll go where you want me to go. When you say it, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll be what you want me to be. And I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go, I'll say, I'll be, and I'll do. My life's no longer mine. I'm getting the Ark of the Covenant to the people that need it. It's heavy. It's a lot of sleepless nights. It's a lot of weeping days. But when somebody prays through and gets delivered, it's worth it. It's worth every bit of sleepless night weeping over a face I don't even know. Be seated a moment. Y'all can set the chair down, but stay with me. I love these men. I really do. These are gifts of God. You see, when I prayed that prayer, I didn't know any of them. I didn't know that they would be helping me carry. I'm just a boy. I didn't know that there was a God that was seeking a revelation in the name of Jesus and worked at Olive Garden that, that would have the gift of prophecy. 
I didn't know there was going to be a crack addict in Zanesville that, that came here for a land of opportunity and end up a 22-year crack cocaine addict that needed God. I, I didn't know his name was Noe. I didn't know there was a little talented kid that got kicked out of Sunday school when he was little or wanted, at least wanted him to get kicked out of Sunday school when he was little. I, I didn't know. That might not be true. I might have just made that up, but it's true, he said. I didn't know. I didn't know there was a young guy in the youth group that, was, that would have probably, maybe, ended up somewhere in a college playing baseball. I didn't know that I'd be preaching that day a youth camp in Ohio. And on the right side of the platform, this young lady that was 10 years old had her hands up and I leaned down. I said, I said let's pray together. The Holy Ghost is upon you. Go ahead and let the Holy Ghost speak. And Lauren began to speak in tongues when I was praying with her. How do you think? I didn't know that there would be a Krista come from brokenness. I didn't know. I could go up and down this row. I didn't know there would be a Josh and Rebecca Crispin. That God would speak to me and say, if you'll go to Cambridge, I'll prepare the heart of the man to be the pastor of the church. And five kids, after I preach on why we baptize in Jesus' name, and watch Josh Crispin run down the altar and jump in a baptismal tank. I didn't know then when I was praying that prayer in 19 that there was going to be all these faceless people that I wanted to take the Ark of the Covenant to. But I'm going to tell you, I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. It's been worth it. It's been worth it. It's been worth it. Cindy, when we were, when we were evangelizing for two years and God's, God began to deal with us and we felt like we felt like there was a transition in our life and we didn't know what it was. I was going to go plant a church baby in Taze Valley and they came to me wanting me to be a project engineer to, at a company there and we had somebody else call us from Appleton, Wisconsin that wanted us to be a youth, youth pastor there and, and uh, ha had other opportunities and I'll never forget during that time, I got on my knees. I said, God, I remember at a point in my life that Bishop Ferris, he, he had wanted us to come to Zanesville. God, I said, I feel like there's a change coming from the evangelistic field. We were 40 plus churches a year. I'd evangelized for seven years. My heart began to turn. I felt like I wasn't going to be going to churches, but God was sending me to a city. I was going to settle down and put my hands on people. Help mold them. You're worth the trip. You're so valuable. Looking at these young people here tonight. There was faceless people that, And I began to seek God and the burden come on me. I said, God, if you want me to go to Zanesville, now I don't, I don't recommend the prayer I'm going to pray, but I was like, you know, Gideon had about five fleeces. Only two times was it really a fleece. I said, God, if it's your will for me to go to Zanesville, let Brother Ferris call me by December 31st. Let him call me with a number that has threes in it. I get a message from him, 3.30 p.m. Isn't that the truth? I remember saying that, God, if it's your will for me to go, let James Kirk call me on my house phone because he only called my cell phone. He called my house phone. When he called, I looked silly because she knew what I prayed. She 
When he called, I looked at her, I said, Remember that baby? He said, We'll come. I didn't know then what I know now. Mom, Dad, it was a faceless church to me. It was young people that I wanted to see led from brokenness to ministry. It was crack addicts in the cave of Adullam that would come discontented, in debt, and distressed that would become mighty men. Here's just three of them. Was it burdened? Did I lay something down yet? Did I lay a career down? Yes. But I'm going to tell you, I couldn't be more blessed. Because, are you hearing what I'm saying? And I ended up in Zanesville in 2004, and here I still am. When I look around the room and I see this church and I see, I see seven daughter works and two global missions works, I'm going to tell you, it was worth it. It was worth it. It was worth it. It was worth it. Come on. How many is glad that there's a move of God here? I'm thankful for Guy Smith and Bishop Ferris and their investment. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's still a church. There's still an Ark of the Covenant. There's still a move of God that's happening. And I feel like he wants to do it again. Tonight, he wants somebody to commit. He wants somebody to dedicate. He wants somebody to give their life to him again. I want you to lift your hands. There's a call of God. There's a missionary being born tonight. There's a pastor that's coming alive. Take this. The presence of the Lord are here. Keep, keep present to the presence of God right now. Come on. Who's willing to carry the ark? Who's willing to carry this burden? Who's willing to carry the calling of the Lord? This altar is open. The altar is open. God is going to do miracles right now. You want the Holy Ghost? Come. Hallelujah. When they were singing the song, it's been 14 years they have come out of the grave. 14 years I come out of the grave, that sinful life. 14 years this year. <laughs> Who wants to come out from the grave? Who wants to come out from the grave? <laughs> so you can say yes to the Lord. You can say, God, I will carry the ark. I will take the burden just like my pastor is doing in the city. <laughs> Who is willing to say, God, I will do what you say. I will go what you tell me to go. I will give to give what you tell me to give. Who is willing to say that to the Lord right now? In the name of Jesus, the Holy Ghost are here. God is doing amazing things right now. In the name of Jesus. Young people, you're not too young. God is going to use you. You are filled with the Holy Ghost. You are baptized in the name of Jesus. You can become a greater preacher, a greater missionary in the world. God wants
wants to use you. God wants you to get out of the grave tonight. Some people need to get out of the grave tonight. If you in bondage, that's grave. I was in the grave. But 14 years ago, I come out from the grave. I come out from Somebody need to be thanking God. You still grateful because God has delivered you? You still grateful because God gave you this revelation? Come on. You should be speaking in tongues. You should be thanking God right now. You should be in the presence of the Lord right now. Only piano, only piano. Play the piano. Hallelujah. Come out of the grave in the name of Jesus. Come out of the grave. Come out of addiction in the name of Jesus. You want to come out from the grave? Come forth. You have problem living the addiction? Come forth. We will pray with this man right now in the name of Jesus. And I promise you, God will get you out from the grave now. If you're in depression, you're in the grave. If you stress, you stay on the grave. If you still doing what you're doing that God is not pleased with, you stay on the grave. By asking you in the name of Jesus to come forth. Right now, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, right now, you can be delivered. Oh, you can tell God, God, I received the calling. I'm willing to take care of the burden with my pastor. I'm willing to carry the vision with my pastor. Oh, when you love God, you will leave everything behind. And you will go and attend the calling of God. It's nothing greater in this world than say yes to God. It's nothing greater in this world. It's not enough money in this world. Hallelujah. I compare so to do God's will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When the Lord called me in 2005, I know he wants me to take this burden. I know he wants me to take the Ark of the Covenant to Petenga. And I'm telling you, been 40 years that I come out from the grave. But now, this salvation is not only for me, but it's for whosoever. You got to be willing to carry the burden. You got to be willing to carry the Ark. You got to be willing to pay the price. The presence of God are here. Come on. The presence of the Lord. Put your hands and lift your hands up. With your heart open. Come on. Believe in it right now. Come on. Talk to the Lord. He will speak to you right now. In the name of Jesus. If you want the Holy Ghost, receive it right now. In Jesus' name, you can have it right now. If the fire is going out because problems of this world, come forth. We will lay hands on you. If you don't feel no, you're not compassion anymore for souls, come forth. We'll lay hands on you. Come on, let's talk to the Lord who is willing, who is willing to carry the ark, who is willing to say, God, I will go where you tell me to go. I will do what you tell me to do. You gotta believe. Close your eyes. Keep talking to the Lord. God is gonna do something right now. In the name of Jesus, right now. If you are believing, young people, close your eyes. Lift your hands. Come on. Be obedient to the word of God. No, be obedient to me, to God. Come on. Come on. 
command you to come out from the grave in the name of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus right now it's greater life for you it's greater things for you Oh, you never see nothing yet. You never see anything yet. God has got greater things for this church, for this, this church in Ohio and outside USA. Oh, you never see nothing yet. God is going to do mighty things, mighty and powerful things. Who believes that? Come and keep talking to the Lord through obedience, through obedience. Talk to Him. Talk to Him. Just like you're doing camp, you should be doing it out here. If you're real or you're not real. Because if you're real, you'll be doing the same thing you're doing camp, you'll be doing down here. It's the same God, the same presence, the same Holy Ghost. Come out of the grave. Come out of the grave. Come out of the grave. Nothing is impossible for God. You can leave the addiction. You can leave it in the name of Jesus. You can leave the addiction in the name of Jesus. Right now, if you come forward. Hallelujah. Who want it? You want to be delivered? Come forward. God will set you free right now. He will get you out from the grave. You don't need to be in bondage anymore. You don't need to be in bondage anymore. Right now, God can set you free. Right now, He can set you free. Ha. Maybe you're dealing with depression, oppression. Tonight is your night. Don't go back home the way you come in. Be delivered in the name of Jesus. God wants you to come out from the grave. If you don't have joy, God can give you joy tonight. If you don't have peace, He can give you peace tonight. Where the presence of the Lord is, there is liberty. It is liberty in here. It's liberty in the Holy Ghost. Only for the ones that believe it. For the ones that really want it. If you have pain in your body, come forward right now in the name of Jesus. But before you walk to, the, to this front of this altar, you have to believe that God is going to deliver you from the pain. Well, everybody's here. Oh, it's too. All right? You need to be thanking God already. Lift your hands and close your eyes. And everybody, because everybody believes that they'll be doing the same thing. You thank God because you're not sick. You don't have no pain in your body. But they do. So who believes that the pain is going to go right now? Everybody believes that? All right. Everybody lift your hands. Come on, in the name of Jesus. And you guys can be seen if you like. In the name of Jesus right now, I declare the pain. I bind the pain in the name of Jesus. And I lose you free in the Holy Ghost right now. To the glory of the Lord.
And because you believe, you began to dance. Because I believe, I will begin to dance for the miracle. Hallelujah. That's what happened when you believe. I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe in the Holy Ghost before I see in the physical. So I'm dancing for what I have spoken, the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, you should be dancing. I'm 